Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. All right. How are we feeling, everybody? We're doing good. Happy Sunday. Best day of the week. Best day ever. We're going to just dive into it this morning, okay? I have a message for you. It's been bubbling up in my spirit all week. And I really want to begin just by highlighting a very important spiritual principle that I bring up very often. Because if you forget this, you're really forgetting what all of life is all about. And this is a pill a lot of us don't want to swallow and something we don't want to hear. But the reality of the matter is... Everything in this world is transient. Everything changes. In spirituality, this is called the law of impermanence. Nothing is permanent. Nothing is forever. It's not the fact that things are impermanent that makes us suffer. What makes us suffer is that we want things to be permanent when they cannot be. And we invest our sense of self in things that are impermanent. We invest our sense of self in our income, our job, our status, our influence, our home, our reputation. And so when any of those things get stripped from us, which at any point in time that can happen, by the way, because we all experience the ups and downs. We all experience gain and loss. And if you've invested your sense of self in something that is transient and impermanent, when you no longer have that thing, what do you think is going to happen to your identity? You will have an emotional crisis. Who am I? What is life without this? Who am I without this person by my side? Who am I if other people don't see me the way that I want them to see me? Everything constantly changes. So are we able to find an identity that goes deeper than the transient, constantly changing, impermanent nature of the phenomenal world that we're in? So what I've come to see is that everything in this world is constantly changing, but there are a few things that actually stay the same. One example of that is this. You may be going through a different circumstance in your life right now, but it's still the same God. Still the same God. The God who is faithful through the ages. The God who is consistent. The God who the scriptures refer to as our place of refuge, our safe space. The one that we run to in times of danger. I love this passage of scripture in the Proverbs. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. A righteous person rushes to it and is lifted up above the danger. In the ancient world, a strong tower was a fortress. It's where people went when, you know, tribes were going to war with one another. 
And when you would go to this fortress, you were protected from danger. And it was in an elevated place so that you were literally risen above the danger. So when we constantly reflect on God, when God becomes the object of our meditation and contemplation, when God is what we focus on and when everything in our life centers around God, that becomes our safe space. That's where you run to. And you don't have to go to a church to find that safe space, even though I want you to come back and I want you to be here. But guess what? You are the church. You, you are the temple. You carry the, the presence within you. And so you tap into that by releasing, by surrendering. Resting in God by releasing control. That's the method. That's the practice. That's what, what you give yourself to over and over and over again. The presence of God is your place where you find peace. And the presence of God is in you. Sometimes we just got to quiet ourselves down a little bit to tap into our deepest essence, the truest part of who we are, that place within you where you are untouched by the things that happen in this world. The question is, does the presence of God feel like home to you? Or does it feel like a strange place? Does peace feel like home to you? A lot of us are so addicted to drama and toxicity because it's all that we know that peace feels like boredom. And if peace feels like boredom to you, you will sabotage your peace when you experience even the slightest semblance of it just so that you can feel back at home in your drama. Because that's what you're comfortable with. If you really want to experience peace, you've got to get still. You've got to empty yourself of you so that God can fill you from the inside out. Look at this passage of scripture. Psalm 94 says, Lord, when doubts fill my mind, when my heart is in turmoil, quiet me and give me renewed hope and cheer. We do the opposite of this, by the way, when everything is going crazy in our life. When everything is in a state of turmoil, we're running around like chickens with our head off trying to figure out what we can do to salvage the situation and to fix everyone and everything in our life. <laughs> Meanwhile, God's just saying, you need to stand still and let me fight your battles for you. And if you would just trust me with this, <laughs> I can do a much better job at handling the situation than you can. And that doesn't mean you're not going to participate in this, but you're doing too much. You're doing too much. Quiet down. Just chill out a little bit. Look at this next passage of scripture. Isaiah chapter 30. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. Only in returning to me and resting in me. That word rest. In the gospels, Jesus said, come to me and you will find rest for your soul. By resting in me, you will be saved. And this is, the, this is the killer right here. In quietness and confidence is your strength. We're out here trying to defend ourselves. Because we think if we stay quiet, now everything, everybody's going to believe the lies. If people believe lies about you, let them believe the lies about you. Let your life do the talking. You keep being consistent, eventually people will see. In quietness and in confidence is your strength. What does this look like practically? 
to experience this sense of quietness on the inside. For me, I describe it as non-reactivity. Not reacting to every thought that pops into your mind because not every idea that you get is a good idea. In fact, most ideas that you have are bad ideas. <laughs> so we got to practice non-reactivity. And in that space of non-reactive awareness, you begin to experience the presence of God. You experience the presence of peace. You experience the presence of love. And this presence has a very calming, soothing effect on you so that now, since you're not reacting, you can respond intelligently. You can see things with clarity. You can make decisions that are more informed because you're seeing a much bigger picture than you were before. Another passage of scripture here that I love. Proverbs 28, 26. It says, whoever trusts in his, in his own mind is a fool. Let me read that again. Because, you know, the really intelligent people have a hard time with this. Okay? And the more intelligent you actually believe you are, the more foolish you probably are too. Because... No, the true, at least when it comes to spirituality, true intelligence is recognizing that you don't really know much. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. I know you see it a certain way. I know you think you got the answer. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. What's the difference? Wisdom is a heart thing, not a mind thing. You want to tap into wisdom, you got to tap into love. You got to tap into empathy. You got to tap into compassion. You got to tap into stillness and clarity. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. So it's a habit that we have that we just believe every thought that pops into our mind. You know, this is a process that happens unconsciously. Well, the more conscious that you become, the better able you are to step back from your constant stream of thinking and find your center. When you find your center, you become the eye in the middle of the storm. So it doesn't matter what's happening around you. On the inside, you're rooted. You're stabilized in truth. You're grounded in God. And then you walk in the strength that comes from having a spirit that is quiet and confident. In quietness and in confidence will be your strength. Stand still. Let God fight your battles for you. You know, I love reading. I love listening to podcasts. I love listening to all the wonderful things that people put out in this world. I also like listening to people that weren't just born a couple years ago, but who were talking about this kind of stuff thousands of years ago. And then you really start seeing how God is faithful through the ages, how God is consistent through all the changes that life brings your way. People have been witnessing to this truth for a really long time. People from all different backgrounds, all different cultures, all different religious traditions have witnessed to the immovable presence within, the presence of love, the presence of God. And now you and I get to add to that choir. We add to that song. We add to that chorus with our own testimony. 
Let me tell you how God has delivered me. Let me tell you how God has kept me grounded. And again, it's not anything that you do. It's about you not doing things and resting, resting in God by releasing control. So it's a different circumstance, but it's always the same God. So you can always bank on the fact that God is going to be there with you, that he hasn't left you, he hasn't abandoned you, he's walking with you, and that you're always going to have that to run back to. And it doesn't matter how far you run away. You can run away your whole life, and in the last moment, in your final breath, you come back home. And like the good father who welcomed back the prodigal son, God will be right there embracing you in love. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. And God, God is desiring to say that to a lot of us this morning. Hey, come back. Welcome home. This is where your peace is. It's in me. You're not going to find it out here. Everything constantly changes. We need something stable. God is that stability. The presence of God within you that you carry. Here's another aspect of this. It may be a different circumstance, but it's always the same work. You can take that to the bank. It doesn't matter what's going on around you, how much everything is constantly changing, how much turmoil is in your life. It may be a different circumstance you're going through right now, but it's still the same work that you get to do, not have to do, because you don't have to. You don't have to. when it, It's not obligation. You should want to. You should want to do the work of self-discovery. You should want to do the heavy work of healing because it is in that process of self-discovery and healing that you begin to find that sense of joy and peace in your life. So I want to do this. It's hard, but I get to do it. The work for me always comes back to releasing attachments. Specifically, releasing our attachments to our desired outcomes. We want things to go a certain way. We expect people to act in a certain way. We want things to go in this direction. I don't want my child to grow up. I don't want my partner to leave me. I don't want to lose this person. I want this to be different. I don't want this to change at all. And then what happens? We become fearful. How do we release these attachments? Attachment always comes with the side effect of resistance, which means when life isn't going the way that you want it to go, you resist what is happening. And resistance will always create suffering. So at the core of all your emotional suffering in life is your attachment. You're saying, well, how can I be human and live Without attachment. This doesn't mean you don't have desires, that you can't desire things to go a certain way, that you can't want things to look a particular way in your life. You just got to learn how to hold those desires with an open hand and be willing to embrace life as it comes to you, the way that it comes to you, instead of always fighting against the, thing, the way things are. So ultimately, it all boils down to this core truth. Resistance brings suffering Acceptance brings ease. Can anybody use a little more ease in their day-to-day life? Resistance. If you resist reality, that will create suffering. If you can accept the way things are, that will bring peace. 
Whatever you cannot accept in your life is simply showing you what you're still trying to control. Whatever, we will, we're going to repeat that again. I got a request. Whatever you cannot accept in life is simply revealing to you what you're still trying to control. So that's where your work is. That's where your work is. Remember, it's resting in God by releasing control. That's how it works. Is it scary? Absolutely it's scary. Absolutely. But eventually you learn how to trust it. And then you start getting crazy with it. You know what happened this week? No, really. I mean, you know what happened this week? I was in the gym. And one of my boys, you know, I literally, five minutes before this crazy thing happened, I was saying what's up to him. Man, how you doing? How's life? Everything's good? Yeah, whatever. This dude, big dude, all tatted up. You know, spent some time in prison just so you can get the kind of vibe, you know. <laughs> but we're boys. You know, he's been to Hartway several times. We did a family dedication with his kid a couple years ago. Anyways, I've seen him, seen him at the gym. Five minutes later, I see this man getting in a fight with someone else in the gym. People are holding him back. One guy's getting held back, like young, young buck, ready to go. And my friend was like, man, come on. They were like ready to go. People were holding him back. I didn't tell you about this, Ryan. If you would have been there, I don't know. <laughs> Ryan's just looking for a reason to do one of these. <laughs> so these guys are fighting, right? Something happened. Somebody says something that offended somebody, and now they want to start punching each other, right? So this, this dude that my friend was like literally fighting, he got out of the hold that people had on him, and he ran towards my buddy. And I see my friend do this. He has a smile on his face. He goes like this. And he goes. So I DM this dude later. I'm like, you're literally insane. Like, you're crazy. Who does that? Who who looks at that person that wants to kill them with a smile and says, come on? And then you listen to some of these, like, UFC fighters. You know that there's people that they like getting punched in the face? Can you believe that that's actually a thing? Like, the, it, it, it gets them excited and fired up when somebody punches me in the face. Okay? It's, it's there. It, it happens. You know about this. It exists. Why am I bringing all this up? Okay, how am I going to tie all this up? <laughs> because, listen, I didn't plan this part of the message, okay? It just happens. But honestly, for me, my boy doing this... Come on. That's like how I want to face the, the trials and tribulations of my life, really. Because I know the power that's in me. It's like my boy, he says, he's like, oh, he didn't know I could throw down. He didn't know I could fight. You know, obviously, please, I'm not supporting this behavior, okay? I'm not, I'm not condoning this. I am not condoning this kind of violence. All I'm saying is, you know, Wow, you can have this approach towards life. Once you really learn how to rest in God by releasing control, you can smile in the face of adversity and say, come on, what do you got? Bring more. It's okay. Oh, that, you, you just hit me. That hurt. But I kind of like how that tastes a little bit. Give me some more. No, really? Okay. I think it's too extreme for y'all, but I'm kind of like that. Ryan, Ryan knows because every time I tell Ryan some sort of quote-unquote bad news, he's, what he says is you always start with a smile on your face and you say, let me tell you something about life, bro. And I guess, you know, because it's that approach. You know, it's just you're either going to welcome and embrace it or resist it. Resist it. Resistance brings suffering. Acceptance brings peace. 
So acceptance doesn't mean resignation. Acceptance doesn't mean passivity. No, the opposite is actually true. Once you begin with acceptance, now you are in a position to actually transform the situation through the power of your perception. Because as you perceive your situation from a higher level of consciousness, now you're able to create something beautiful, create something good out of what you're experiencing through the meaning that you're ascribing to it. That's power. That is a lot of power to be able to go through a situation that other people, I mean, it would completely rock them. But you are able to alchemize this thing and transform it and turn it into something good and beautiful because you've already made the decision a long time ago that whatever you go through, you're going to use as a catalyst for your growth. And so if it's growing you, it's good for you. If it's growing me, it's good for me. So tell me, what can life throw your way that cannot fit under this category of growing you. Anything you want can be put under that filter. Anything and everything that you go through in life can be put under that filter of, this is for my growth. This is for my expansion. I'm going to use it and treat it in this way. You are in school. If you haven't figured this out, life is school. Life is school. And you're learning how to love. It's a school of love. You're You're learning how to release. You're learning how to trust in God. You're learning how to Walk in courage and faith even when fear is present. Now, this is going to be a process. It's an ongoing process because you may find freedom in some areas of your life but still be attached in other areas of your life. And then you find freedom in that area of life, and there's another area where you find attachment too. But every time you suffer as a result of your attachments, that is an invitation for you to do some deep inner work no matter what the circumstances are it's always the same work of releasing attachments releasing control surrendering your will to God's will getting yourself out of the way learning more about who you are learning more about who God is connecting more deeply with your soul healing from your past traumas all this stuff that is so good and so beautiful some of us never even touch the surface of this kind of work But welcome to Heartway, where you're going to be invited constantly to do the work. By the way, nobody can do the work for you. You've got to do the work for yourself. And you can go to therapy for 10 years, but they can't fix you. you got to do that. And you got to invite God to do that in your life. You can go to church your whole life, and it makes zero difference in your life. Sometimes I I get discouraged because I'm like, do some of y'all actually listen to what I say? Because I don't know. You know, I'm like, some of the things I'd be hearing, I'm like, it's a selective hearing, but it's fine. We all do it. But nobody can do the work for you. You got to do that work yourself. Attachment always comes back to fear. So in that moment when, when you're experiencing fear, label it, identify it. What is it? What is it that you fear losing? Sit with that. Embrace it. And continue to move forward with it. You're not going to get rid of the fear, nor do you need to. But it's there to serve you, to teach you, to mold you. Different circumstance, always the same God. Different circumstance, always the same work. Last but not least, 
You may be going through a different circumstance, but it's always the same feelings. What do I mean by this? It doesn't matter if somebody dies. It doesn't matter if you're going through financial hardship. It doesn't matter if you are experiencing betrayal or abandonment. It doesn't matter if your partner just left you. It doesn't matter if your kids are acting crazy and you have no control over them and you don't know what to do. Whatever the circumstances is, you're always just dealing with the same feelings. Anger, anxiety, sadness. It's always the same feelings. So if you can learn how to grow comfortable with the feelings, regardless of what may be happening externally in your life, you know how to navigate your internal world. That provides you with a sense of security. That provides you with a sense of stability. Okay, wow, everything in my world is just being rocked right now. But I've been here before. I know what it's like to be anxious. That's all it is. It's just anxiety. It's, it's just fear. Familiarize yourself with this. And the more you familiarize yourself with your emotions, the more you can get comfortable with feeling what you're feeling without trying to suppress or deny it or pretend like it's not there, the more pliable you become. And I heard that phrase this week. I was reading a book, and the, the guy was talking about developing masterful pliability. I love that, to be pliable. You know, it's like you're flexible. You can adjust when life throws things your way. Let me show you some of these quotes. This one's from Lao Tzu. He says, life is a series of natural and spontaneous changes. Don't resist them. That only creates sorrow. Let reality be reality. Let things flow naturally forward in whatever way they like. Oh, that guy sounds like me. I'm just kidding. Obviously, I learned this from him. <laughs> Some people say Lao Tzu was a fictional character. Lao Tzu is said to be the author of the Tao Te Ching, which is um, a masterful spiritual text that really has become like a Bible to me and that I love in many ways. And it's all about this idea of, of, of surrender, of going with the flow. And it's beautiful. Another one. I don't know who this is, but... I found it on Google. <laughs> anything in life, okay, anything in life that we don't accept will simply make trouble for us until we make peace with it. Anything in life we don't accept will simply make trouble with us until we make peace with it. This also goes beyond your circumstance and includes your feelings. If you can't accept the fact that you're feeling the things that you're feeling, it's just going to cause trouble for you until you make peace with it. If you can accept the fact that you can't accept the way things are right now, that actually brings peace. So even if you have a hard time accepting the way things are, just by loosening up and accepting the fact that you cannot accept what's going on helps bring a sense of calm and peace into your life. And until you're able to accept it, it's always going to create trouble for you. Until you can make peace with it, it's always going to be there nagging you. Don't try and get rid of the emotion. Understand the emotion. Every feeling has a function. Every emotion has a message. And more often than not, when we're feeling a certain type of way, what's necessary for us is to set a boundary 
have a hard conversation, engage in some sort of conflict, express what it is, and give voice to our thoughts so that we can actually deal with what's going on instead of just holding it all in, letting it bubble up, and then we become something that we're not because we're acting out of this emotionally reactive place. So don't try and control your emotion. Learn how to live in harmony with your emotion. Listen to the messages that your emotions are speaking to you and take action. Take action. Sometimes you can just deal with your feelings yourself. Other times you feel so strongly about something that it is to your benefit as much as you don't want to, to bring up this uncomfortable conversation. To share what it is that you're actually feeling. The key is to follow this principle that we find in the New Testament that says, be angry and sin not. You know who's a wonderful example of this? Jesus. Which is why I love Jesus. Because I've mentioned this before. A lot of other religious spiritual figures in different traditions are not depicted as humanly as Jesus is in the scriptures. And if you read through Jesus' life story, I mean, dude gets really mad. He gets really sad. Okay, that's just a part of it. Everybody knows the famous verse, Jesus wept. <laughs> Don't you love it? Be angry and sin not. The anger was there. The sadness was there. The sorrow was there in the Garden of Gethsemane, if you read Jesus' life story. But Jesus never allowed any of these emotions to cause him to act out of line with his true nature and his true character. That's the key. That's how you implement this practice of being angry but sinning not. It means I'm so comfortable with my emotion. I'm so familiar with my emotions. I know how to work so well with my emotions that even though I may feel very strongly about a particular situation right now, I am not going to allow my feelings about this person or this situation to cause me to act out of line with my character. I'm not going to allow, I'm not going to allow this to cause me to now cause harm to other people. And so I can express what I'm feeling without blaming you for it, which is something, again, you've heard me say over and over and over again. The cause of what you're feeling is not out there. It's in here. That's it. So this is where your work is, right here, right here, and right here. It's not your fault I feel this way. I feel this way because I feel this way based on my past experiences and all that I've been through in my life. This is how I react in a situation like this. But that's not your fault. I used to say that before. You made me angry like this. You know, you are the one that got me to this point. And so now, whatever comes out, you deserve it because, hey, I didn't want to get this mad. I didn't want to get this mad, but you made me this mad. You learn, you grow, you evolve, you know, but that's, that's the way that we are. So there was a pastor friend of mine who put it very well when he said, every thought has a feeling and every feeling has a thought. 
So if you don't like what you're feeling, take a look at what you're thinking. That's the work. Different circumstance, same work, same feelings. So get comfortable with that. And then really, it literally doesn't matter what happens. You're, I, heard, I, know, I know fear. Welcome. You're actually not a stranger in my mind anymore. I know you, and I welcome you. I'm not afraid of you, actually. I know you're here to teach me something. Anxiety. Welcome. Welcome home. <laughs> you're back. Hey. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to... Hung. That song is great. I do listen to Simon and Garfunkel in my car sometimes. And the Beatles. It is important to do that for your spiritual health. <laughs> One important thing that I want to bring up, especially in our context, in a religious and spiritual context, it's very easy for us to do something called spiritual bypassing. Anybody ever heard this phrase before? I know, obviously, you know this. Let me show you this definition. This is by a man named John Wellwood, and he is a psychotherapist. He wrote a book called a... a uh, Actually, I forgot the name of the book. Okay. Okay. So he defines spiritual bypassing like this. A tendency to use spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep or avoid facing unresolved emotional issues, psychological wounds, and unfinished developmental tasks. This is spiritual bypassing. That means you use faith, spirituality, Bible verses to dismiss the way you feel. And then it gets really bad when you do this to dismiss the way other people feel. So somebody is in the middle of some deep grief. God is in control. Don't worry about it. Well, okay, maybe that's true for you. But do you think this person is ready to receive that or hear that or that they even are remotely close to believing that that's true? Because if they did, they wouldn't be in this situation. And you just saying, don't worry about it. God is in control is so dismissive. And I know you mean good and you're trying to help, but you're doing more damage than good. So that's called spiritual bypassing. And we we actually do this. We do the whole spiritual bypassing thing when we don't want to feel uncomfortable. It's a defense mechanism, right? We don't want to feel the pain of our feelings, and so we avoid our feelings. We repress our feelings in the name of religion and spirituality. This is not healthy, people. All right, and especially in some circles, you, know, you see this a lot when it comes to, like, healing in some Christian circles. You know, it's just all faith, all faith, all faith. Don't even say that you're sick. Don't even, don't even say it. You cannot. Only faith. God is my, I am healed, complete. And there is something to it, though. There is something, there is something to this. But there are extremes. And let us not dismiss how we're actually feeling. Let us not avoid the emotion that's there. Let me show you this wonderful chart. I hope you can see it from where you are. If not, if you go on the app, the uh, Bible app, where we have our slides, you can see this. But this is kind of a beautiful illustration of the difference between spiritual bypassing and authentic healing. Spiritual bypassing is fragmentation. 
Authentic healing is wholeness. And look at these two different illustrations right here. Spiritual bypassing, okay? Some of y'all know this. There's, there's the high vibe and then there's the low vibe. Okay, the high vibe, ascension, love, peace, joy, flow. Low vibe, right? This is the good emotions. These are the bad emotions. No, there's no such thing as bad emotions. Remember, emotions are messengers. Every feeling has a function. So in the spiritual bypassing framework, the structure is one of hierarchy. There's better emotions and there's worse emotions. And the belief is that some emotions are better and more enlightened than other emotions. And so the action we take when we do this is we misappropriate spiritual teachings to justify emotional repression. How do we move from spiritual bypassing to actual authentic healing? Notice the circular nature, the circular structure of authentic healing. It's not that there's better emotions than others. It's not that there's the high vibe and the low vibe. No, you are a human. You are a complex creature. And all of this, the hurt, the joy, the grief, the love, the peace, the rage, the sadness, all of it belongs. All of it has its place. All of it is there to teach you. All emotions are sacred, valuable in their context, and they carry deep wisdom for us. And so what action do we take when we start walking in authentic healing? Well, we learn how to accept and embrace the full spectrum of human emotion and experience. And as you do that, guess what? You begin to get better. Different circumstances, same God. Different circumstances, always the same work. Different circumstances, it's the same feelings. So even though everything changes and everything is impermanent, there are some things that stay the same. You can count on this stuff. Doesn't matter what's going on, just keep doing the work. Doesn't matter what's going on, just keep coming back home to the presence of God within you. Doesn't matter what's going on, just keep getting in touch with your emotions and the messages that those emotions are conveying to you. To wrap up, I've been listening to this song called Joy in the Morning. I love it. I love listening to it in the morning because it's just so refreshing. And there's a line at the end of the song that says, if it's not good, then he's not done. Keep that in mind, okay? If it's not good, then God's not done. If it's not good, then you're not done. There's still work to do. When you're able to look at even that which is quote-unquote bad and say, this too is good, that's when the work is done. If it's not good, then it's not done. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for being our healer, for being the constant presence of peace and stability in our life. No matter what it is that we're going through, May we constantly return back home to you. May we find our center in you. You will protect us. You will keep us. You will walk with us. Lord, as we experience so much change in life, remind us that it's always the same work. It's the work of surrender. It's the work of, re the work of releasing control the work of resting in you. And it's a great thing that we get to do this work. 
Because the more willing we are to explore our emotional and spiritual depths, the closer we get to you. And the closer we get to the fullness of who you've created us to be. And so we ask God that in those moments when we feel grief and sadness and sorrow and pain and hurt and anger, that we would learn how to embrace these feelings, not deny or minimize them, but to understand that every emotion is sacred, that every feeling has a function, that if it's growing us, it's good for us. And may you teach us all that we need to learn. We are, we are a blank canvas, God, and we're asking you to paint something beautiful. We thank you for this day. And God, right now, I just pray for every person that's here. Whatever it is that they're facing in their life, may they find their groundedness and their rootedness in you. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Another week. And we get to do it again in seven days, six days. See you guys next week. Bye.